Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Mary Beth Decker. Mary Beth of sacredgrove.com is an intuitive animal communicator who works with people who love their animals as much as their humans. Mary Beth likes to say that she did not come out of the womb communicating with animals. Mary Beth's dogs started communicating with her when she became a Reiki master in 2009, but she wasn't paying attention to the gift she was given. She finally understood that this was something special when Tibor came into her life. He was a rescue dog, probably a year and a half old. He had a broken tooth, scars, and some aggression issues based on fear, yet he was a really good guy. Every time she sat down next to Tibor, she saw a picture of a man standing up wearing this huge protective suit with a German shepherd running at him and biting his arm. Like the pictures were there teaching dogs to be attack or guard dogs. That was it. She started training and practicing so that she could communicate on purpose. People often see improvements in animals' behavior and in their relationship with their animals after working with Mary Beth. Mary Beth is especially gifted in transitions into your family, moving from your family to a new family or onto the next life. She wrote the Amazon bestseller, Peace and Passing, Comfort for Loving Animals During Animal Transitions based on her experiences with family and clients. Mary Beth, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks, Stacy. I'm so glad to be here. So how did you get started? You talked a little bit about how you got started in animal communicating, but how did you get started in having a passion and love for animals to begin with? Well, that's a lovely question. I, I was lucky enough to grow up with cats in the house. We had uh, Frisky and Ralphie, and I also took care of a dog, uh, Bootsy, next door, who was a really good friend. And I spent a lot of time outside. I think my two passions as a kid was being outside, looking for critters and reading. Um, so it was kind of an indoor-outdoor cat, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I guess. And I say I came by my intuition, honestly, on my dad's side. There's a lot of stories of my dad and my grandmother having contacts with uh, my grandfather after he passed. So I think that stuff was there for me. And, I, and my love of, am, of animals was there very early. But I cannot tell you that there was anything particular out of the ordinary of any of us who love our animals and are so glad that there's animals in our lives. So that that was the beginning of my love. It, it was a, it's from the family. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I got my cat here. She, he has something to say. Sounds like he wants to be one of our guests on the show. I think he does. <laughs> so for those of us who may have not had any experience with regards to animal communication, and we really haven't in over 200 episodes, we haven't really touched on this topic. Could you tell us specifically what animal communication really is? Sure. It is telepathic. It is intuitive. Some might say it's a psychic. Uh, I like intuitive better because I think we all have a sense of it. It is not a physical connection. Somebody asked me if I hypnotize the animals or I have to be in the room with them. No, it, it's definitely a connection between 
if I dare say it, two souls or two beings uh, on a on non-physical level. And you learn to tune in and to to they like they like the connection almost always. And uh, ask them what's going on and get information in all sorts of ways, visuals, words, conversations, memories, body feelings. And, and that's that's how you do it. You, you, you're tuning in using a different sense. And you communicate with animals that are living, still living, for, and as well as animals that have passed away. Yeah, that's right. They're, when you're dealing, when you're, you're connecting with an animal at that soul or being level. You know, I I found that that individual survives death. And so for me, there's no difference other than when the animal passes after a while, they're just, their soul is bigger. It's fuller than when they're in their little cat body. If that makes a lot of sense, you know, they're just a more expanded being after a while. That's very interesting. And so when you work with clients, do you tend to work with them more on their current situation or, you know, how are you trying to help them? There's, there's things that I talk about, things that, you know, either frustrate or worry you. So we have, I've worked with clients whose cats aren't using the litter box. Now that seems trivial unless you're the person whose cat's not <laughs> using the litter no, box. No, it's not trivial in our, in our business. <laughs> Uh, dogs, dogs that are aggressive. My little dog T, where I was talking about, um, didn't want to share the bed. So aggressive dogs, dogs pulling. Worked with a young woman and her horse. They had had a spill and they'd lost their trust about riding together and they rode professionally. So most of the time it's, you know, things that are worrying people, worrying them, um, a new baby in the family. And the other side, um, you got the living piece and you got the end of life issues where people wonder if their animal's ready to pass. I can help them there and help through the, through the transition, actual through the process. I can, I can connect during it so the animal feels safe and they know what's going on and then afterwards we connect too so that's the that's a quick overview of, of what I do why people use me I have uh, had some experience with animal communicators over the years um, we've used them um, at we've had them at various events that we held with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society and I was mentioning in our pre-show chat you know, oftentimes whenever we had anyone at one of our events, we've got a line out the door of people who are clutching photos, in many cases, clutching photos of of cats that have passed and that they want to find out various, you know, answers to various questions. And so it, it's really popular for folks that still are seeking some closure with regards to, to unanswered questions with either their pet cats or in some cases, maybe even the cats that you're feeding in a colony. We talked a bit about, you know, some of the challenges that we have as colony feeders. Cats will disappear from our colonies. And our human nature is not very comfortable with just sort of going, oh, well, that's what's happening. You know, we want to know. We want to know, is this, you know, is the cat is in trouble? Has the cat hit, been hit by a car? Has somebody taken the cat in? What is going on? Uh, why is that cat missing from the colony? Do you have some ideas for folks that own cats, that are feeding cats? You know, any thoughts or ideas about what the role an animal communicator could be for those folks? Well, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, 
that might just help help somebody who's that has happened to. The first thing is uh, I will share a belief, and and if it's helpful to people, good. If it's not, take what you like and leave the rest, as as they used to say. It's, I think that we all, even animals, have have a um, sort of plan for our lives. And so if an animal le- leaves the colony, I think an, on a soul level, there's there's a reason for that. And it, even if it's it's something that that doesn't make us happy, you know, nobody <laughs> nobody's happy about losing an animal. Right. Right. <laughs> Under any circumstances, if we love them, we care about them, there's there's but if. I would say it in, is we all have our own path. Even animals have their own path. And we have to allow for that to be true. As a parent, I've had to learn that with my kids. And I think that uh, as animal caretakers, maybe that will help. One of the things I do that uh, I'm, not a, I'm not an expert in lost animals. so uh, But what I have found that seems helpful is to have the intention that you're going to connect to them and just tell them how much you miss them and how much you love them and how much you'd like to have them back. And you send this out with, I'm going to talk about chakras, which are energy centers in the body, and you can read more about them. But the heart chakra is always seen as green. So I see a green light coming out of my heart, going to that cat's heart and connecting and just sending them, I love you, I miss you, I'd love to see you back. And, and sending all the love that you can send. And if you want to even add the pink of soul color, the pink and the green, and wish them, you know, wellness and goodness. I, I did work with a friend who I sent that out to this kitty who was missing for, oh, two weeks in, in the L.A. area. And he did come back. In two weeks, because I kept reminding him, your mom really wants you home. Right. <laughs> she really loves you. <laughs> and I told him just, you know, if you find somebody and you like, and they look like a friendly person, look into their heart, meow, 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 meow. I want to go home. I want to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And that's really what happened is somebody found him and brought him home. Pop Cats, the celebration of cats meet pop culture will make its electrifying debut in Miami Saturday, October 28, 2017, at the Miami Airport Convention Center. The curated show will feature a ridiculously adorable cat lounge, visual artists, inspiring speakers, art installations, and the makers of the most innovative products of the cat universe. PopCat's core mission is to raise awareness about cat welfare efforts by crafting an experience that mixes entertainment with advocacy. A portion of proceeds will benefit the Cat Network, a cat-centric not-for-profit organization with over 20 years of service in South Florida. The convention will welcome an invasion of cat lovers, curious spectators, and pop culture fans to a scene flooded with music and immersive art installations specifically designed to ignite shareable memories. The exhibition floor will also grant visitors the unique opportunity to meet national and international talent that have grasped the fascination of the internet community. Highlights amongst the speakers are fervent rescuer Tumblr's meme librarian Amanda Brennan, Lorenzo the Cat photographer Joanne Biondi, and Shark Tank presenter and Apollo's peak pet beverages founder Brandon Zavala. 
A giant Bubble Cat Lounge will also be a can't-miss feature at PopCats, where attendees will be able to interact freely with an irresistible herd of adoptable cats brought by the Cat Network. For more information and tickets, please go to www.popcatsshow.com. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love Community Cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of Community Cat swag. The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. We work a lot with organizations that focus on missing pets, and I have used animal communicators with lost cats, and... I feel that there's no reason why you shouldn't try using an animal communicator to help get your lost pet back. Um, So I think that there's actually a pretty interesting intertwined relationship between the two, the the sort of the pet detective Mm -hmm. and then the animal communicator. And I think there could be some really nice synergies there uh, between both professions and being able to work effectively together in in helping with missing pets. Um, So I think it's an interesting thought. I think so. I, uh, you know, my uh, my mentor had told me that cats will tend to go feral a lot faster than dogs will. I don't know if that's true, but mm-hmm. the animal communication part, I saw, oh, well, then that's really useful to remind the cat that it's still on the person's side. There's still right. a lot of love there. Right. You know, there's still there their anchor. Still- there's an anchor right. and there's somebody out there caring, you know, caring yes. for them and, and wanting them. So I think it's actually it's really fascinating and interesting. And I'd like to make sure we touch upon your book, Peace and Passing. Thank you. Um, can, we, can you share with us some of the tidbits of information that you share in this book? Sure. Um, I wrote the book because I feel that, we'll use the term in the muggle world, <laughs> the non-animal people, they don't understand how hard it is to lose a pet. I think for that reason, sometimes it's harder to lose our own animal. I, and I'm using pet. I know we're also dealing with colonies of cats. It's 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 sometimes harder there than it is for a human being because I, I mean in in jobs you get a week off if your grandmother passes, if you put your animal down or what happened. You're you're expected to be there as bright and shiny the next morning. You know that's that's really not a huge excuse to to be off. So I wanted to validate people's grief. And also a lot of people have to, they have to make a decision about when to put their loved one down. How hard is that? Devastating. So uh, there's a lot of guilt. So we tell a lot of stories and one of the things that comes through is uh, animals do not, they, I have not found an animal that blames their people about when and where and how Mm -hmm. it went down. There's just a lot of love. I think the bottom line is if you did this, if you made the decision with love and concern for the animal, it's good. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you can feel the, the there's the love there, and and they do love to communicate afterwards. Um, I tell you a quick story. My my friend's cat Chasworth. I knew him before 
he passed and uh, we connected with him afterwards. And he actually gave advice to my friend, Debbie. It's in the book. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in the book. He told her she was becoming a bit of a hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) Now now she's a friend, but I, I, we, she lives in Buffalo. I'm here in Alexandria. And I, uh, she had moved into her parents' house and he said, you really need to make the house your home. It's your house now. It's not your parents. And like, She's getting some really good advice. I said, Debbie, is this true? She goes, Yeah, he's he's a he's right. <laughs> so so the animals are are helping their people. They are. They they yes, they are. They're around. They're watching out for us. I believe they're watching out for us. I've had my animals help me with transitions where they'll come in. I've asked them to greet an animal who's who's going to the other side to just say, Hey, let me show you where the good spots are to play or, mm. you know, let me introduce you around, you know, kind of like they're, they're very willing to help and love and uh, be useful. What have been some of your greatest challenges in your experience being an animal communicator? I think, well, the one that comes to mind, the hardest one uh, was, was I was working with an aggressive dog um, who had had bit numerous family members, and they had given him to uh, a friend of mine, a really good a dog trainer, and they took him back, and we didn't know what happened to him. And I'm I'm driving to Safeway one evening, and I'm having a panic attack, anxiety, and I don't have these, so I stop. I have to stop over. Stop. And when I connected and found out what was going on was I think they were putting the guy down and he didn't have any idea what was happening to him. And because I had communicated with him, uh, 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 somehow the connection was made. And I think I was experiencing his fear as he was being put down. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So uh, what I did was once I understood what it was, I started to bring love and light and it's okay you know, you're going to be on the other side. My dog Mitsubishi's going to be there. My dog Eddie's going to be there. We're going to bring you over. You know, just relax into it. And I ended up think I did a good service for the guy, but yep. it was it was a pretty awful experience at first till I figured out what was going on. Yeah, it was a shock for you. It was. It was because I, you know I don't have anxiety attacks. I don't have, I, I've seen them, my family members have them, but I, that's not my shtick, so to speak. <laughs> I don't mean to mean it. It's a terrible thing. You know, it, I'm not making fun of it. Right. Right. It's not, it's, it's not how your body normally, uh, conveys things going it, on. Right. It's, yeah. Mine is usually a gut level. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. So I'm sure that's one of many stories that you have, had, you know, over the years. How many years have you been doing this? Unofficially, probably since 2008 or nine, when I became a Reiki master. Uh, I started doing it on purpose about 2010 or, yeah, about 2010. So, yeah, we're talking seven years. Mm-hmm. And what do you hope to convey to others going forward about animal communication or, or anything else, you know, obviously you're reaching out, you're reaching out through your book, you're reaching out through this podcast and you're reaching out with your clients. Um, you know, what does this bring to animals or what do you hope that this brings to help our animal community? What I'd like to see and what my hope or vision is, is that we all become 
animal communicators or we have access to an animal communicator so that our connection to our animals is so much clearer. Uh, I think when we connect to our animals and uh, we see how much they care for, if the animals weren't connected with, how much they care for us, uh, I think that opens our hearts and I believe we have the capacity to become better people. I think the animals benefit also when they, when you understand what's going on in their, in their point of view and you can adjust something to make them happier. Um, you know, they love it and they're willing to communicate with us it, it, when we try, when we try. And, and I think that people can start right now practicing the speaking with intention that they are understanding you and then listening, listening back and seeing what you get. Just doing it as a practice. I think of the word soothing very yes. often, and there's a great place for that word in our shelter work, in our trapping of feral cats. There's a lot of stress involved for the animals, for the cats, and um, animal communication and soothing, calming. Those are things that are incredibly important in our practice. So I think that bringing it in is really very important. I agree with you. Almost like having a feline behaviorist, a pet detective, yeah. and an animal communicator. See, my, my toolbox just keeps getting bigger and bigger. But, yeah. um, you know, that team could really cover a lot of different factors for our cats. I think so. Uh, I, I, I know I worked with, it's not exactly the same, but I worked with a woman who, whose animal was going to have, her dog was going to have um, knee surgery. And, and, and again, it's, you know, you think about it, if you were going into the vet and you didn't know what the heckle and you only know that things, bad things yeah. happened. Yeah. Uh, so I let her, let him, let her know what was going on, how much, you know, she'd wake up in pain, what the recovery was going to be, but she was going to get to run again because that's really what she wanted to do. She wanted to run. So they reported the recovery was faster. And I think, again, you're talking about the soothing, the, oh, I get it. You know, mm -hmm. there's going to be some tough times, but then it's, you know, it'll be all good. Mm -hmm. And um, there you go. You got a good, you got a good uh, response and then things go easier. Yep. Uh, so, Mary Beth, if folks are interested in finding out more about your work and your book, um, how could they find you? Well, I, I have a uh, website, sacredgrove.com, S-A-C-R-E-D-G-R-O-V-E.com. And I also have a, a Facebook page, Sacred Grove. And I started a, a Facebook group, Spiritual spiritual Pet People. So, nice. you know, yeah. So any of those places, they could check me out. Excellent. Excellent. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, I'd, I'd like to thank them for listening to me. And I would like to invite them to start looking at their animals as deep souls and having personalities, emotions, thoughts, memories, just like we do. And I, I would also invite them to check me out if there's something they think I can help them with. That's, thank you. That's great. And I want to thank you for joining me today and agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 